a message I'm calling Own the Vision. Own the Vision. There's some notes in your bulletin where you can uh, follow along and fill in some of the blanks. Um, I didn't put the answers on the bottom like Pastor Roger did. Um, so you just got to listen. <clears throat> but, Amen. Can you pause the recording for a second? Is that possible? And um, this last year has been an interesting year for both my wife and I in many respects. Um, I suppose we're, we never get to the place where we stop learning. We're always learning, always you know, gaining new insights into life and into scripture and what God is saying. And this last year has been quite an adventure. I mean, all years are, but specifically I want to say this last year. And uh, endeavoring to spend more time um, reading the word and endeavoring to do a little more memorizing and meditating on scripture and allowing God to speak to us through his word. And, and so it's, it's been quite an adventure. But as a person begins to read the Bible with, a, with a, you know, excitement and a fresh new eyes, if you can say that, and probably every year we go through these, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions, revolutions, whatever you want to call them, where we're going to read more, we're going to study more, whatever. And uh, so it's been quite a year, but as I, I look at Scripture, and I'm trying to look at Scripture from as fresh eyes as I can, and so I ask myself this question, you know, what is the Bible trying to say? When you look at whether it's the printed page or on your uh, smartphone or iPad or computer, whatever, what is the Bible trying to say from cover to cover? There is a unifying message in the Bible. Now, some people will say, well, the unifying message in the Bible is the cross. Well, sort of, yeah, it is. I mean, I'm not trying to negate that at all. But when you look at Scripture and you look at the broad picture and the cross is part of that, the unifying message of the Bible is that God is endeavoring and trying to have a relationship with you and I. He wants to have a relationship with us. And as I, you know, in the last year, been looking at that in a greater kind of a, a trying to look at it in a new way, um, God is all about trying to restore our opportunity through Jesus Christ to have a relationship with him. We've all seen the tracks of, you know, the bridge and how Christ is the bridge from us, us to the Father and, and that relationship he wants to restore. From Genesis right through Revelation, we see that God wants to be with us. God wants to be with us. He wants to be with you. It's like we pray, and, and often nothing wrong with praying this way, and saying, God, can we just have a visitation in our service today? Well, that's great, but you know, I think God wants to have a habitation. He wants to inhabit with you and I. He wants to dwell with us. He wants to commune with us. He wants to talk with us and have us talk back with him. God is with us in Genesis. You know, the story in creation, God made Adam and Eve, and it says that God walked and talked with man in the cool of the evening. I begin to think, what would that have been like? Adam's taking a stroll, admiring the things in the garden and his wife, and they're just kind of enjoying things and, and just 
God comes and they start talking together. Like, come on. What would that be like? That would have been amazing. Awesome. And then later on we see God continues. Adam and Eve, they, they sin. They partook of the tree they shouldn't have. And so, you know, now they, they knew they were naked and things were changing. And, and now there was this separation between them and God. And, and then God is still trying. He comes to Cain and says, Cain, where's your brother? God was trying to woo man back to himself. Genesis chapter 5, it says, Enoch walked with God, and then God just kind of took him on a walk, and Enoch disappeared. That would have been incredible. God wanted to be with man. Genesis chapter 6 says, Noah found favor with the Lord and walked with him. Genesis chapter 11, we know the story of Abraham. And in James chapter 2, it says about Abraham, Abraham is the first person who is called a friend of God. How cool is that? A friend of God. God found a place through Abraham to establish his presence with a family, then establish his presence with a nation. God wanted to be with man. God's plan was to reestablish his presence and walk with man as in the beginning. You cannot have a friendship or a love relationship by force. It takes time. You can't demand it. You can't speed it up. Friends, God wants friends. He wants friends. God directed the exodus of the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And God was with them, a pillar of fire at night, a cloud by day. Then God gave instructions for the building of the tabernacle so he could be with them. Always, always wanting to be with his people. Wanting to dwell with them. Daniel and his friends. His friends, his friends get thrown in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And... and Three guys get thrown in and then they look in there and there's a fourth one. God is with them. God was never far away. Even in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned and they were hiding. And and God says to Adam, where are you? God has never moved. Man has moved. Man has gone after Solomon built his temple and he's praying this dedication prayer on the temple. And the Shekinah presence of God was there and it just dwelt there. It was an amazing, read the prayer, it was incredible how, how God confirmed that he wanted to dwell in this temple. And after the temple, a number of years later, was destroyed, we find the prophets, the Shekinah glory of God was gone and the prophets eventually prophesied the coming of a child born of a virgin. Isaiah said, His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God was always wanting to be with man. John the Baptist comes along and he says, the Lamb of God has come. Jesus, the Son of God. Now he identifies who Jesus is. Before Jesus ascends into heaven, he tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, I am with you always, 
even to the end of this age. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In Acts, on the day of Pentecost, people were filled with the presence of God through the Holy Spirit, and he was with them, and he dwelt in them. And when the people went back to their own countries, God went with them by his Holy Spirit. Revelation that speaks of this age coming to a close as God is with man in the fullest sense of the word. And the book talks about God's presence fully established in man again. That's been God's plan all along to be with us. Revelation 21.3 He will dwell with them. They'll be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. It seems God's word, the main message is, I am with you. I'm with you. It isn't the question, where is God? But as God said to Adam in the garden, where are you? Where are you? And I think God is saying the same thing to people today. Where are you? So many Christians are just glad that Jesus died on the cross so they don't have to go to hell and they've got their fire insurance. It's good. That wasn't the main point. The whole point was that God wanted to be with them. And we couldn't be with the Father without Christ's sacrifice. But he wanted us to be with him. He wanted us, you and me, to be with him. That's why Jesus died. I think sometimes Western Christianity is somewhat confused on where God is. Where is God? Friends, he's here right now. He's here right now. Right now. It seems people don't go to God regularly at times because they don't believe he's with us. He's off somewhere. God, come. God, come. Come, come. No. He's already here. You can't go anywhere without him. He's there. God is with us and he wants to have fellowship with you and with me. Deuteronomy 4.12 Where did God speak from when he spoke to Moses? Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. There in that burning bush, God was right there. Where was he? He was right. He wasn't off somewhere. He was right there. Numbers chapter 7 verse 89. When Moses entered the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim. Above the atonement cover on the Ark of the Testimony. Would that be incredible? There he is, you know, in the, in the tabernacle that they built. And above the Ark, and the, between the two cherubim, there's this cloud. And, and God speaks to Moses right there. Wasn't off there. He was right there. And he spoke to Moses. God was right there. When Solomon built and dedicated the temple, Second Chronicles 6 Verse 1 to 2 and verse 18, verse 21, he says, I've built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. But will God indeed dwell with man on earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. Listen to the pleas of your servant and of your people, Israel, when they pray toward this place. And listen from heaven, your dwelling place. Solomon is saying God dwelt in the temple, in the heavens, And the highest heaven. God was, he says, how can anything really contain you? 
He's everywhere. God was near. Isaiah 66 verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and, my, and the earth is my footstool. He's both. He's all. He's everywhere. Friend, you can't go anywhere without God. He's everywhere. God was near. Folks, God is right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right now. In the New Testament, we read that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and he he takes up residence within us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The disciples were on a missionary journey and they were wondering where they should go and relying on God to direct them by this Holy Spirit. And in in Acts chapter 16, we read that God speaks by his Holy Spirit. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. I wonder what that was like. We're going to go minister in Asia, and somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit talks to them and says, Shh! Don't say anything. Don't speak here. And when they came to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. I don't know what kind of a roadblock he put up, but he didn't allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach to them. That Brother David prayed earlier, I'm sure you've read accounts and heard many stories of how people of the Muslim faith, the Lord's revealed to them, himself in visions and dreams and transformed and changed their lives. Friends, God is still speaking today. Have you heard him lately? Have you heard him? Have you sensed? Have you just taken the time to spend with him? We need to be able to hear his voice if we're going to make it in this life. We need to hear his voice. What does God want you to do with your life? What does God want you to do with, if you own a business or whatever, with your employees or your fellow employees? What does God want you to do or say? What does God want you to do regarding your education? What does God want you to do with your future? God is innocent in every aspect of our life. He's our king. He's he's not just our savior, he's our Lord, amen? He's the king, he's the boss. And we need to ask him and he will speak to us and show us. 
He's right here with us. He's right here with you. You know, he's even interested in our hobbies. You know how I know he's interested in our hobbies? I've had this desire for years and years and years, and I dabbled with it every once in a while uh, to work on antique vehicles, old vehicles. I just love tinkering. And, and I think God's interested in our hobbies. And confirmed that when three years ago, I was going to put a picture up there, but I didn't. You can see it in the parking lot. Three years ago or so, my wife bought me a 1956 Dodge pickup. And uh, I think God's interested in my hobbies. He's interested in your hobbies. He's interested in your interests. You cannot have a relationship with someone who doesn't speak. Doesn't communicate somehow, some way. And God is speaking and he wants to talk with us. He wants to talk with us about everything. Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, how many have struggled with that verse? Anybody struggle with that verse? I've struggled with that verse. God, I don't, sometimes I don't get it. It doesn't seem so light. Come to conclude this. If our inner man is starving because we have not been spending time with God and in his word and allowing him to converse back and forth, if our inner man is starving, the burden is heavy. But if we're taking the time to feed on the word of God and he's speaking with us, his burden is light. When we sense his presence and his voice and the relationship, God is with you and he wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to speak with us on a daily basis. If we can get this one thing right in life, this one thing, if we can hear the God who is all around us, He will give us the strength and he'll change our character. He'll change us to be the dad, the mom, the man, the woman, the young person that we need to be. And notice I only use pronouns from the scripture. He'll change change us. He'll make us to be whom he's made us to be. If we can hear him and listen to him and spend time with him, he will guide us into how to be the person he wants us to be and to be involved in the things he wants us to do. Hearing and listening and speaking with God is your birthright. It's our birthright. It's why Jesus went to the cross. Yes, to take away our sin, but to restore our relationship with the Father that we could again converse and hear from Him directly by His Holy Spirit and through His Word. Hearing God in what many are now calling listening prayer. It will be a series of messages we want to share this Sunday beginning on July 16th. As we just begin to learn 
and see how God wants us or wants to meet with us and talk with us and show us things, reveal to us things, give us direction and help. God wants to be with us because he is. I want to invite you to join us in that series that we just talked about hearing God. What's it like to hear God? How can we discipline and, and um, learn to hear God for ourselves? What are some guidelines? What are the ditches? I mean, we've all probably experienced where somebody's come to us and said, I got a word from God for you. And probably your antennas go up and they start waving really fast, wondering, you know, is God mad at me? He's not talking to me. And there are times when God shares things through people for us. Absolutely. God wants to talk to us too. God wants to show us things. Another thing I want to encourage us to do in your um, weekly schedule, this is going to really upset some of you. I'm brave this morning. I want to encourage you. How many of you are on Twitter? Anybody on Twitter? Um, how many saw my tweet last, last night about be here at 10 a.m., you'd be glad you did? Anybody see it? And uh, it wasn't really a mistake because we want to have pre-service prayer before the service. And I want to encourage you to include that in your Sunday morning agenda to join us and let's begin with pre-service prayer. Let's begin by asking God. Let's begin by talking with the Lord and asking him to indeed have his will. Let his kingdom come in this place Sunday morning. Let his anointing be upon the worship team and all those that are involved. And, and let God's presence be sensed because he is here by everyone who comes. Let's seek the Lord on behalf of all that will transpire on Sunday morning and each person that is coming. Friends, personal times of prayer and church corporate prayer are vital to the functioning of us as believers and as a church. Vital. Can I say that again? Vital. It's vital. It's important. In Acts, we see the early church was constantly meeting for prayer. Not sure why it seems few churches, and I don't know every church, but maybe a generalization, but few churches really engage in it because it's so hard to get people to pray. Why? It's the most difficult thing you'll ever do because the enemy fights prayer with all his might. You know what it's like when you go to personal prayer in your house and and the to-do list just keep rolling like, I got to do this, I got to call so-and-so, I got to do this. It just rolls, right? Your mind just floods with all kinds of things you got to do that day. He'll fight it with all his might. Friends, the devil doesn't care if we have church services. He doesn't care if you're religious, so long as no one changes. So long as no life transformation happens. Also as a church, not only do we want to continue this emphasis on prayer and hearing God and listening to God, and with that will come 
other aspects of journaling and writing things down that God says to you and all those kinds of things. But also, as a church, Northwest Family Church, we value the scripture in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's loving God and loving people. Loving God and loving people. Northwest Family Church is a church home that allows you the freedom to be led by the Holy Spirit, freedom to worship joyfully, freedom to hear the full gospel, and freedom to praise him fervently with other believers. Northwest Family Church is a church home with with the purpose of loving people. Our goal is to help provide for the spiritual, physical, emotional needs of others. And within our church, we develop lifelong personal friendships with one another and provide opportunities for every member to be nurtured, loved, and protected to really join a family. Our purpose is really the purpose of every church. Glorify God by fulfilling the great commandment and the great commission. And those are Matthew 22, verse 36. Teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Our vision really hasn't changed much. Our vision really is win souls and make disciples. Well, who should make disciples? Is the call to discipleship and the making disciples only for mature believers, mature Christians? Often people will say, well, I'm not ready to make a disciple. There's a lot of excuses. I haven't been a Christian long enough. I don't have my act together. People won't listen to me. But friends, let's just face this. When Jesus first called his disciples, way back then, when he first called his disciples, he also called them to be disciple makers. From the very beginning, we're called to be people who disciple others. Notice, Mark 4, 19, or Matthew 4, 19, and, and he, Jesus, said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He said it again in Mark 1, 17, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. So some time ago, we introduced the 10-1-10 plan, which is in, uh, in 10 kilometer radius of our church. There's 253,000 people living, and if every one of us brought one, just one, a year, in the next 10 years, we would have 2% of the population attending church, or 1% of the population attending church. Just one a year. Win one, and walk with them in an understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Somewhere on your bulletin, maybe this is a good opportunity to think about five people. Maybe we'll call it a top five. Who are five people 
right now that you can think of that you know who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? Five people. Jot name. First name down. One, two, three, four, five. And they're your top five, and you're praying for those five people that God would not only give you an opportunity, but a door to share with them your faith and what it means to you to know Jesus Christ. Your story. Five people. Begin praying for those people. Disciple making is not optional for the believer. Some, think, some people think only mature believers need to do this. It's just that's the pastor's job. That's some staff person's job. But Jesus gave this instruction to his followers and he gives the same to us when he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Not only were they to be followers, but they in turn also made followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. We don't need a degree or a diploma or certificate to share our story and encourage people who Jesus Christ is. And how to live life. As some of our ads and Publications say living life together, just sharing life, just sharing what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so following Christ as a disciple was tied to making disciples. These disciples were being called to follow as a disciple and a fisher of men. It was all included in the same call. Every disciple is to be a disciple maker. Every believer is to be a fisher of men. Now some of you are getting petrified but remember this he is with you and he will love people through you and the bible even says you know when you're in certain situations and circumstances and you don't know what to say the holy spirit will give you the words to say that's amazing When you get up in the morning, welcome. Holy Spirit, Lord, I'm so glad you're with me. I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're going to walk with me today. You're going to the job. You're going to help me. When things are rough and things are tough and things are good, when I don't know what to say, don't know what to do, you said to ask and you'll give wisdom. So I'm asking. And then pause and listen. Listen. And as thoughts and impressions come, start writing. See what God is saying to you. Ask him a question. Wait for the answer. Spend time. He's there. He wants to be with us. He wants us to understand he's right there with us. One of the aspects of should be any church's vision means that we need to get serious about serving those who are around us. The church should be a group of people who not only evangelize or share their faith and disciple others, but also needs to offer hands of hope to those who are suffering. So many people are hurting and suffering. 
your neighborhood, my neighborhood, here around the church neighborhood, within our city, across our country, other countries. And we need to be the hands of hope to those who are suffering. A message on my phone this morning when I got in the office early from somebody who says, can you, can you give us any food? We have a food pantry where many have been bringing food items and things and you can see Megan and ask her about it. Just being hands of hope and hands of help to people who are in need. A couple of weeks ago, a lady came by and needed a ride to Cochrane. And uh, I just made a call, a quick call, and somebody came and gave this individual a ride to Cochrane, spent some time with them. People who are hurting, just they're all around us. We need to be the hands of hope to those who are suffering. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he'll separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left, and the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, For one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You did for me. We've heard uh, different missionary presenters here in the last while of things they're doing and helping. And there's ministries in our city. There's ways that you are involved with people around and hands of hope. In 2015, I don't know if any of you get the Reader's Digest, but in 2015 there was an article by a retired lieutenant colonel in South Carolina. And he says this, My gunnery sergeant and I were inspecting a marine training exercise when we spotted a second lieutenant ambling about. Where's your foxhole, lieutenant, I asked. He snapped off a salute and responded, I don't know, sir. Turning to the sergeant, he asked, Gunnery, where's my foxhole? You're standing in it, sir, said the sergeant. All you have to do is remove the dirt. (laughs) Many times people wonder, where can I serve? The honest answer is, you can serve right where you are. Get to work, dig in, and see how God can use you in your home the church, the community, and look for how to serve where God has placed you at this very moment in life. And just like Nike says, do it. Just do it. 
As a church, there's many, many opportunities where we can serve in our community. Our goal here at Northwest Family Church, we used to say every believer a leader. But I'd like to amend that and say every believer a servant leader. Probably without argument, probably one of the greatest leaders that we would call leader in Scripture was Moses. Led a couple of million people out of the captivity and slavery and to the promised land, at least to the borders of the promised land, and put up with all kinds of stuff. But you know, Moses was never called a great leader, but he was called a servant. Over and over, a servant. Servant. Number of keys here north of Sammy Church. You can see these words up on the wall. Many of you probably wonder what they mean. Years ago, we had some other words, and we changed them to sort of... Um, I forget why we changed them to these ones, but it used to say win. Now it says explore. We're not only are we winning people to Christ, but we're endeavoring to provide opportunities for people to explore who Jesus Christ is. Whether it be through the Alpha Course, whether it be through 10110, or whether it be through life groups, whether it be through some event, whether it be through Sunday morning when you invite uh, people who come who, who, are not, who do not have faith in Christ to explore. So we want to create opportunities for people to explore a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have connect. We want people to connect into the church where we provide activities and ministries so people can connect with others. And then thirdly, they can grow. Another word, I guess, would be for, to disciple, but we can grow people in the word of God through teaching on Sundays in life groups so people can grow in their faith and grow together. And then we want to see them share. We're people as servant leaders into the world, encouraging and providing ministries and opportunities for people to share what God is doing in their lives with others at home and abroad. And so we have explore, connect, grow, and share. A, a, a step-by-step process where we want to take a person who is who doesn't know Jesus Christ to the point where not only have they met Christ and and experienced Christ and they're learning about him and how he wants to help them in their life and their relationships and how they too can become somebody who shares their faith and making disciples. You can use all kinds of words and other churches use different words and people use the baseball diamond and all those kinds of things. But those are the words that we keep in front of us and that's what we want to be about. One of the ways that we do that, we do life together, is through our life groups. Life groups are, are important here at the church, and, and we want to see that whole uh, ministry expanded and, and, um, and grown. And I want to read to you an email I received of, from somebody in our church, and I'll share with you later who that is, but um, here's what he says, and he's, he's given me permission to share this. If only people would realize how important these meetings, he's talking about Tuesday night life group uh, for the men, that he, that's where he, he's attending, and Wednesday evening prayer. The groups are small, and at times maybe we thought they would fizzle out, but what a good work and blessing it's been to me. It helped me grow, to reach out, 
speak when I felt I should say something, to receive what others had to offer, to learn to pray in a group and pour out myself for others' needs instead of just always complaining to God for my own prayer time. Last week was so powerful. I never felt such an intensity when I prayed before. Just awesome. I really think it's hard for people to grow if they don't spend time, much time in fellowship with the family of God. It's different than Sunday morning service. That's a time of corporate worship and great teaching, but doesn't have the intimacy of fellowship and prayer that men's meeting and prayer meeting have. So good. Feel free to share this if you like, as I really mean it. God bless you all. Tremendous testimony of of how that's impacting not only this man, but his whole life and family. And what an encouraging testimony it was to us to receive it. And one of the things we want to do, and you saw it on the announcements and you see it in the, in, probably in the bulletin as well, we want to have what we call a ministry membership time where we explain in, in greater detail questions, answers about uh, the vision of the church, how the church began, where we're going, and, and, and how you can become involved in different aspects of the church. You can go to the website as well and you can uh, click on there, maybe something you'd like to be involved in doing and where you would like to serve. And that will come to us, and uh, we just want to hear from you because there's so much that we as a church can do, especially when many hands make light work. And so those meetings are coming. We're going to have two um, all-church dinners, one in July, one in August, and then after the all-church dinner, we're going to meet for a little while afterwards and just talk about uh, what it means to be involved in ministry membership um, here at Northwest Family Church. And also, we used to run some things called encounter, encounter retreats, and we're shifting those to call them a set-free weekend of ministry, and we're planning some of those in the future as well. But some of the things you can get involved in right away. I've been emailing back and forth with the Rocky Ridge Royal Oak Community Association, and they're going to be hosting, or we're going to be hosting their annual um, Stampede Breakfast on Saturday, July the 8th. And so they've contacted us and said, we're a little short on some volunteers and we have, uh, they have a number of grills that are sponsored by different businesses. And they said, we have one grill that's available to be sponsored. And they're $250 a grill. But because we're having it at, at your place, if you want to take that grill and have some people man that grill for the duration of the pancake breakfast, then you can have that grill and that table. And you can put your stuff on that table and your sign and all those kind of things uh, as a sponsor for the annual pancake breakfast. Last year, over 3,000 people were here. And what an opportunity for us to, as a congregation, not only to lend a hand in our community, but to be on hand to share about Northwest Family Church, to share about the upcoming Vacation Bible School uh, coming in July, just a week or so after the breakfast. We already have 50 kids registered for the first week, and uh, we're cutting it off, I think, at 63 or 60-whatever and so the first week is almost full. And um, people are volunteering on the website. Um, kids who've been coming to VBS for years and years are now volunteering to be kind of junior leaders and helpers. And it's, it's so exciting. It's awesome. And uh, we're going to need some folks to help us in putting the set together uh, here really shortly. And uh, just being an encouragement. There's things on the, on the wall there that you can sponsor. Or you can just make a donation for VBS Uh, where most needed, and on your envelope. And what an opportunity to minister to to kids and to our community 
every year. Get involved with the Stampede Breakfast. If that's something you want to be a part of or say, listen, I'll organize uh, people to handle that grill from, they've got to be here earlier, but I think it's from 8 to 11 or 8, I think 8 to 11, something like that. And um, what an opportunity to smile and say hi and and greet people in the neighborhood. And so um, let's plug in and get involved. We need people to be praying for these events. We need you to pray and help us and seek God and say, God, what are you saying as we produce some literature and, and, idea and, and the information about the church to people? And, and how can we best communicate who Northwest Family Church is? Friends, this is an answer to prayer. Years and years we've been praying, God, help us to get involved in our community. So not only do we have, a, we sponsor an Easter egg hunt in Easter time where probably this last year, probably about a thousand people were there. Tim Hortons was there and, and uh, coffee and all that kind of stuff was going on. And people so appreciated 75,000 eggs or thereabout that their kids picked up because now they get to go to the dentist. And, uh, but something in the community just to say, hey, we're here to serve and love and let you know we're a part of this community. The food bank. More food and financial donations, and we need people to help deliver food to needy who can't get here to pick it up. And if you can be involved in that, why don't you talk to Megan and uh, to see how you can best get involved. There's so many other ways to get involved. And friends, it's all about bringing people to Jesus Christ. So that he too can transform their life and they too can hear and communicate with God. God wants to be with people. I almost want to say it and it almost sounds bad, but uh, I think you understand what I mean. It's like God is lonely for his creation, he's longing. For us to spend time with him and talk with him. I encourage you to carve out some time to join us. Starting July 16th. That we just share with you in the Sunday morning service setting. On on just some things on how we can begin to develop a relationship. And hear God speak to us. And how we can ask him and he'll respond. And, and how that all works. And, and how we can grow together in knowing that God wants to be with us. It's not, where's God? He's saying, where are you? I'm busy. I'm running. I'm here. I'm, God just wants to be with us. And so the, our whole thrust really begins on that premise. God wants to be with you. And he wants us to acknowledge and recognize. It doesn't matter where we go, he's with us. Driving down Crowchild, driving down Deerfoot, driving down Stony, going to school, going to work, behind the desk, wherever, at the shopping center, at the mall. He even goes to malls. He may bring somebody across your path. And as you're listening to him, he just says, maybe smile, maybe shake their hand, maybe converse, whatever. God is with us, He's with you. Right in here. And he's longing to talk with you. Longing to talk. I wonder if you could bow your heads for a moment.
Father, in these moments, I ask that your Holy Spirit would impress upon people what you're trying to say to them this morning. Maybe it's how much you love them. Maybe it's how much you care for them. Maybe it's not to worry. Maybe it's cast all your cares on him. Maybe it's to sit. Allow his presence to overwhelm you because he's with you. And allow the truth and the realization of that to settle in your spirit. Allow his peace to fill your troubled and maybe sometimes confused mind. Ask him a question. He's right here. Right now. There's somebody here in your not just worried, you're overwhelmed with anxiety and concern over a decision you need to make this week. there's more than one, somebody who has to make a decision regarding a health issue, someone who needs to make a decision or needs to know of wisdom in a financial decision. He's right there. Right now.
Father, may we be like your servant who said, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Lord, help us to hunger and thirst to hear you. To receive instructions and encouragement and direction and help and just to know you're there every day, 24-7. You never leave us or forsake us. You're closer than a brother. Wherever we go, there you are. The heavens can't contain you and neither can the earth or any volume of material that anybody can write. You are a great, big, wonderful God. You've chosen to dwell in and with and around your children. Lord, visitations are great, but they come and go. Habitation lasts. Help us to experience the habitation of God in our life. Thank you, Jesus. One of the drawbacks, if you can call it drawbacks, to a Sunday morning meeting. One of the drawbacks to a Sunday morning meeting is great because we, we worship and express ourselves and, and teaching and, and fellowship and coffee and goodies when anybody brings them, whatever. That's all great. But one of the drawbacks is that sometimes we're not encouraged to practice anything like just stopping and just listen and if God was saying some things to you so appreciate a a note, an email, a text or whatever Pastor God was saying this to me God was showing me picture whatever and and um, Share it with your spouse. Share it with somebody. And now if it was totally personal, well then hang on to it. Um, but uh, yeah, just practice what God's word is in- encouraging us to do. So I encourage us to do that. And uh, um, one of the things we're going to do is in the fall when our, our life groups begin again is we're going to we're going to specifically endeavor to take what was taught on Sunday morning and practice it during the week in our life groups and instill it into our life and the fabric of our being that we might not just be a hearer, but a doer of the word and get some hands-on things and, and share together. So look for that, and I encourage you to, as you hear about the life groups kicking up again, and, and um, let's be a part of that. And, 
If you've got some ideas and things you want to express, let us know. Um, you know, talk to myself or my wife or Pastor Roger, Megan, or whatever, and just uh, let us know, one of the pastor's council members, um, and let's just uh, see, okay, God, what are you up to? What are you saying? And you know one thing? God sometimes gets our attention by allowing us to go through trouble, going through difficulties. And um, right now, with some of the things happening uh, in church and life, I mean, God has my full attention, I think. He's got my attention. And uh, has that ever happened to you where a few trials come your way and all of a sudden it's, okay, God, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm trying to listen, you got my attention. And uh, it's like, you know, when you're growing up as kids and maybe you got a little wallop on the backside, God had your attention, right? And, um, or your parents had your attention. Amen? We want to... Um, pray as I mentioned earlier the email that I received was from our, our brother Mark and uh, Mark Berger has been here now for uh, quite a few months living in Calgary and um, circumstances and situations are, are changing so he's having to move back to British Columbia and um, um, he's been here and his kids have been part of the Sunday school and and it's been great to have Mark as a part of the Wednesday night prayer and Tuesday night men's gathering. And, and so we just want to pray as a congregation and just pray God blessing go with him. And, and uh, if you know Mark, Mark's uh, um, really been learning as well in his own life to hear God and to respond what God is saying. And, and I want to say, Mark, publicly, you've just been a blessing in our life group and prayer meeting. And um, as a church, as a men's group, we just want to bless you. And I know all the guys in the men's group aren't here um, but Mark, would you come and, and are your kids here? They're, they're gone to get them from Sunday school, and um, that's great because we just want to we just want to bless them, Amen. And and pray God go with him and and uh, just really be with him. His uh, his wife at this point is not a believer, but we've been praying for her and he's praying for her and, uh, and we, as a church. Um, I just want you to join with him in prayer and believe for, you know, the Bible says a lamb for a household and believe that God would transform, touch his whole house and uh, just restore and just um, let the will of God and the kingdom of God really come into his house and his home. Um, Mark, will you come? I'm just going to ask you maybe to share a, a couple of minutes while your kids are coming. We want to bless them too. Um, and uh, I, I know I read your... Uh, your email, and maybe there's something you want to add to it or say. Or, um, well, I've never done this before, but that's okay. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes in my life and, and things that God was doing in our family and all that. Um, I remember thinking, is there no Christians around? Or, God, where do I go? We need fellowship. And my daughter uh, at uh, Christmas just said, well, Dad, we always go to church. Let's go to this church. So I thought we just came here and Pastor Roger had just come, and uh, we were so blessed uh, by the... There wasn't many people here, but it was such an awesome service, and I just felt called to come here. Um, <clears throat> prayer meetings, too. I've, I never liked prayer meetings. I never liked to speak out in front of anybody. I just thought that's a private thing, and it's kind of... You have to overcome yourself. But, uh, man, it's become... Uh, 
my favorite time of week now is like I look forward to Tuesday and Wednesday because I don't know how many times you're at home and it's like, ah, it's just one of those days. And I thought, well, should I go to prayer meeting? I don't know. But every time, every time, it's just so blessing. Whether it's just meeting with two or three men or praying with the pastors or I don't know, people, people have a word for you that you need that you wouldn't get otherwise. So in so many ways, people here prayed for me and my family, and uh, I've even had words that I shared with the pastor. I thought, I don't do this, but I'm hearing from you now, Holy Spirit. I know I am, and I know it's you, and it's confirmed by so many different uh, sources. I'll read it in the morning. I'll hear it at prayer meeting. Someone will send me an email, and it's like, God speaks. He does. And I always thought, how does he speak? But he does. He's if you give them time and you meditate, I spend every morning now, I try to, just sitting in front of my computer and whatever comes to me, I just write it down. And so many times I'm like, wow, what did I write? So anyway, it's Amen. been a real blessing here. I'll miss you all, but my family's still here, my brothers and that, so my dad, so I'll be here occasionally and hope to pop in and visit and hopefully Absolutely. have great things to share. Just call your kids up. Really, Bianca, come here. Maybe, guys, uh, some of the men's group, others who uh, you've become associated with Mark or know him or you just want to just come along and bless him. Um, we're not restricting it to uh, few or select whatever. You just want to come and lay your hands on Mark and his family. And uh, we just want to bless them as a church, as friends. And uh, I believe we'll be seeing um, um, more of Mark and his family. But uh, for now... Um, he's a missionary, going to BC, and uh, his uh, two wonderful kids, um, I know they're going to miss you in Sunday school. Such a great student and a willing learner. Um, awesome, awesome. Um, Ron, could you get that microphone and just... Um, um, Turn it on and give it to Barry. I'm going to ask Barry just to uh, pray a, a blessing on Mark. And, uh, and why, don't, why don't you just stretch your hands towards Mark and his two kids and, and let's just uh, believe together as Barry leads us in prayer. Gracious Father, we just thank you for all of your blessings for each of us, our families, this church, and, and uh, especially Mark and... Uh, his children at this particular time, Lord. It's it was great to have Mark and uh, as part of our group, and uh, we always look forward to seeing him and his uh, children each uh, Sunday, but also each Tuesday that we attended. And Lord, we just ask uh, for your blessing for him and his family, and uh, Lord, just uplift him and uplift uh, his family during this time. And uh, Lord, we just ask that. Uh, he leaves here full with uh, strength and uh, encouragement, and he's able to continue to reach out to our family, and we reach out to him, and that uh, through this time that uh, we, we are blessed and will continue to be blessed by the presence that he has left with us and our church and our family. So, Lord, just give him, give him that special blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.